coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Don Mueller. Welcome. Today you're in for a treat. Not only are we going to have a man of peace, but we're also going to celebrate the International Day of Peace. Today is September 21st. You may know that each year, as you look at your calendar, September 21 is the International Day of Peace. Way back when, in the early 80s, Avon Madison, Robert Mueller, and the General Assembly said we needed one day for ceasefire. No more war. But they said, if we can just have one day of ceasefire, we will have an opportunity for us to practice in the world without war. So this day is called the International Day of Peace. And I am so delighted you have joined us. You know, when you think about peace, you think, is it possible? Is it possible? Well, today you're going to find out from my guest. He is Mitchell <laughs> Raven, a founder, president, and CEO of the nonprofit A Better World Foundation Unlimited. He's well known around the world. Why? He's in the business I'm in. Actually, I'm after him. He started in 1993. I didn't start my podcast until about 2000. But what a beginning I had at the Radio for Peace International, where I first met Right, this beautiful, handsome Mitchell. He was on the university's Radio for Peace board, and I met him on our cabin. Well, it's a long story, but I want to get right to why we've invited him today. Because Mitchell is so well-loved, as I said, around the world. He's a psychotherapist, life coach, couples coach, therapist, stress management consultant, and he hosts that internationally renowned TV and radio show podcast, better world, a better world. That's what we all want. Now, conscious capitalism is something I hope we can weave in today. What does that mm -hmm. mean, conscious capitalism? As a vehicle for world change, think about that. Now, Mark Mitchell has served on many, many boards, and I'm just going to start right out at the top. Mitchell, why do you do all of this? What is your <laughs> dream for our world? Barbara, first of all, thank you for having me on again today. It's such a pleasure and honor to be with you and especially on this holy day of the International Day of Peace where your former husband and my dear friend Robert Mueller was part of its formation. And uh, of course, Robert has been a wonderful influence on me even though I came up with A Better World TV and radio long before I met him. When I was at University for Peace, when I first met you in Costa Rica, and I saw wherever I looked, better world schools, better world this, better world that, I went, there's someone around here that is my doppelganger. You know, someone is thinking along the same lines as I am very closely. And of course, that was the great Robert Mueller. So again, I was honored then as I am now to uh, be with him and you. Thank and, you. You, know, I'm, you're, you mentioned Robert Mueller. Those of you who have been watching these podcasts, you know that he's my late husband and today is his 10th anniversary of passing on the eve of the International Day of Peace. But I really wanted to let you know that we're doing fine because he left 7,500 ideas and dreams for a better world. And Mitchell saying a better world, isn't that our dream, Mitchell? It is. 
And that's why, to answer your question, Barbara, I get up in the morning. I look at the world and I see on one hand this incredibly beautiful place, the sky and the sun and the stars and the trees and the bushes and plants and flowers. I see this incredible place. I see incredible human beings and I get inspired. And then I look around again and I start to see the destruction taking place because we have a destructive based society, unfortunately, and it exploits the earth. It exploits people. It hurts people rather than builds them. And so I live in some pain around this. We have war instead of peace. On and on it goes. I don't have to tell you. And I feel that. Plus, I have a background in both Taoist and Buddhist psychology, if you will. And that teaches, as you well know, the art and experience of compassion. And when you have an open heart, life is bittersweet. That's just the truth of the matter. It's not always sunny. It's sometimes cloudy. Sometimes it's even rainy and stormy. And we have to be of a mindset, a heart set, a consciousness to be able to embrace all of life. And so that at a better world is what I'm about and the people who have worked with me, my interns and volunteers over the course of years are dedicated to living in harmony with the magnificence of the world, with the highest aspects of human beings and bringing these forth to be at one, if you will. And peace comes from that. Peace comes from treating people properly, treating our ecosystem properly, mother nature. That's my belief. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't happen in a bubble. Otherwise it's suppressed and repressed and it's gonna you know, blast out somewhere, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, the injustice. So it's our job, as Martin Luther King said, if we want peace, we have to have justice paraphrase. So that's one level of peacemaking, creating a harmonious society. Another is inner peace. And that's why I do stress management consulting. We have to have a place where we can go inside ourselves, a refuge, a retreat, an oasis, a space where we can release, let go, breathe deep, enjoy, appreciate, experience gratitude, and be deeply connected with ourselves and with everything around us. So these are the games we play here at A Better World, Barbara. And uh, as part of that is also a level of humor. And it's biologically understood that humor, play, storytelling, laughing, smiling, dancing, are all part of what has kept our species alive through some very difficult moments in our multi-hundred-thousand-year history. And neuroscience has like borne this out, that we survived and continue to survive, not by bashing each other's brains out. No, not at all. It's not survival of the fittest the way Darwin has been misinterpreted. It's by cooperation. It's by bonding. 
It's through love. It's through the release of oxytocin. We actually have a hormone known as the love hormone that brings us together. It makes us want to hang out. It makes us want to make love. It makes us want to marry and, and prosper as a group, a human tribe, if you will. We just have to translate everything you said because you just wrote a new book, a book of human, <laughs> human possibilities based on love, cooperation, and the joy of just inner peace. When I interviewed in 2016, this is where I started my multiple podcasts on peace in 2016 yes. at the World Peace Conference. Uh -huh. And I asked everybody who I interviewed for the podcast, what is peace? And they would start with this very simple philosophy, peace begins with me, and it's an internal process. So you agree with that? Oh, I do, I do, I do. I begin, that's where it begins but it doesn't end. That peace, inner peace, as you nicely said, needs to effervesce, emanate, be expressed into the institutions of our society, into, into the economy, into every single pocket where we live in our externalized world. It's not just, I'm gonna walk around peaceful in a world at war. I'm gonna walk around peaceful and my peace is going to come out and affect others. So they're too gonna to start saying, you know, whenever I hang out with Barbara and Mitchell, I start to feel very peaceful. It's attractive, isn't it? Not only is it attractive, I believe peace is contagious. I think my peace can become That's contagious right. to wherever I am. And it's almost like um, even in the grocery store, people kind of ask me, what do you think about this or something? And they're asking me because they see something, they feel something. And I recently did an interview for the Rotary Action Group for World Peace, which I am mm -hmm. a member of. I know. And one of the things that she talked about was how peace begins with me. And if you find people who shout your values, you can cement that peace into more people. Now, it sounds like, you know, we're just hanging out with people who believe us, but no, that's how you get reinforced and you need that reinforcement so that you can continue the work you're doing with those who may not have ever experienced peace in their life. What do you think about the idea that we can do something today? I'm going to get right into what can we do to bring peace to our planet? Yeah, I'm in whole alignment with all that you're saying. There was an email that went around many years ago about a warning about a contagion. Beware, a contagion is taking over the planet. And you know what it is? Dot, dot, dot. Love. <laughs> Beware, wherever you go, you're going to feel love. <laughs> and it was this glorious, funny email that inspired everyone who read it to you know experience love and because it's infectious <laughs> everybody's gonna get infected to love. i like love i like love i like the way it makes me feel i'm i that's why i fell in love with sig watney my most dearest most wonderful companion who also recently passed but he was love walking around on planet earth and when i met him he was at a rotary function and i was there with him not with him, but I was there as a guest. Yes. And then he was so loving. It was like we were attracted to each other by the love that he had. 
And, you know, yes. that's what you look for in another person sometimes. Not necessarily peace right away, but love. How are they it living? It was the, in the love world? frequency that bit you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, you know, I would say things like, you know, the book I wrote, Revolutionary Conversation, says when yes. you find something that you're not clear about, stop. Just like at a stop sign, stop and say, I need a little help. And so you don't go forward until it's safe. So when he asked me to be his girlfriend, I said, oh, I don't want to be a girlfriend. I don't even want any other men in my life, God bless him. But he didn't stop. <laughs> and then finally I stopped and said, okay, I'm going to do the stop sign. What do you want in your girlfriend? And when he told me, I said, oh, that will be my pleasure to do that. And so we've been together eight years. God bless him. Now, my husband. He said, I want you. <laughs> That's what he said. Exactly. I want my girlfriend to be exactly like you. Oh, bless your heart. And so anyway, long story short, yes. when you find that love, it's like you're a magnet. But you have to be where people shout your value so you can become that magnet. You're not going to find them in a, you know, a hodgepodge of people because you don't know where they all come from. But that's why I'm interviewing you, Mitchell, because a lot of people haven't found their true love. And so we're going to talk about that for a couple of minutes. And then I'm going to talk about what can we do today on the International Day for Peace to bring peace to our planet? Absolutely. I, I love the question, Barbara. And you did ask it. And uh, it's my obligation to answer. So I would well, thank say... You. <laughs> um, First and foremost is the inner peace space that we discussed before. And one can do that through meditating, breathing, praying, contemplating nature. It could be a leaf. It could be a tree. It could be the sky. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to wear special clothing. You just be at peace and everyone knows and everyone also has a mind that races we know that too but through breathing and some ma uh, manner of discipline inner discipline we thank the thoughts that come and we let them go and we come to the space in between the thoughts where we can be resting in the peace of our own being so that's where we begin. From there, we look at the world and we say, my gosh, what can I do to make the world a better place? What can I do? Let's start just with my own level, my own micro world of where I go to work and the people I deal with and the people in my family and the people I live with. How can I create a peaceful environment? You know, I used to say literally decades ago, uh, during the Vietnam War, I said, you know, it occurred to me that if everyone has a family of some sort, even people who are homeless um, and sort of seemingly on their own, there are places to go to congregate, community churches, basements, shelters, there are always places anyone can go. And if everyone made peace with just the people they're with, guess what? We have a world of peace. Now, that sounds funny because it's not a piece of paper between nations. It's just the real thing that people decide they're not going to go to war anymore, to quote the old song, you know. And this truly becomes, if we take a stand for peace, where it emanates from. You know, 
it's really, I mean, if you want to get down to it, who makes war? It's really governments. And learning another very important piece, no pun intended, between people on the micro level, that's the macro level. But on the micro level, conflict resolution and conflict mediation, I personally am engaged in professionally and have for a long time because you do couples counseling, family counseling, you know, guess what? You're going to be dealing with this. Um, but learning the rules of communication, learning to listen like you are doing so well right now, that becomes an, uh, an avenue for compassion. That becomes the road to empathy. And these are really the constituent parts of building peace, a lasting peace, by the way. So it's not like just, I want peace, folks, and therefore there will be peace. That's being simple-minded. I want to bring something else up, if I may. You may. Werner Erhardt, who was the founder of EST and then later the Forum, also was one of the founders of what something that was known as the Hunger Project. And that was started, I believe it was in the mid-1970s or so. And Lynn Twist and a number of very interesting people were uh, co-founding that, as it were. Well, they made a declaration back then, Barbara. We are going to end world hunger by the year 2000. Now, you can imagine in 1974, five or six, when it began, the year 2000 looked like it was far away. And that would give them plenty of time to make this happen unearth the myth that it's not possible, unearth any assumption around it that we can't do it, and you're on your way to ending world hunger. And that's what they did systematically, disciplinedly over the course of decades. So arrive the year 2000. Did world hunger end? No, it had not ended. However, had there been a huge progression toward the end of world hunger? As Sarah Palin and I say, you betcha. So, same with peace. It's the peace project. And we declare through our voice with power. We see the end of war we see peace as the prevailing attitude and perspective, thank you, a little alliteration, um, by the year 2021. Why not? Why wait? Why postpone a good thing? But um, seriously, we can make that declaration as a community, as a collective, because there's so many people who want it, and start to live to it starts to fulfill that declaration. Wow. So that's a that very like real a, thing. Another commandment, thou shalt go forth in peace. Why not? And you beautiful. know, entering that's the beautiful. we are entering the decade of peace right now. 
because um, the 2015 was when the sustainable development goals were adopted by the UN, possibly sure. because of the hunger project. You don't know where the roots are. That's but right. I know that the millennium goals were, were a part of our goals. Again, we have goals, but the sustainable development goals were developed in 2015 and approved. And then now we're in the last decade because they're hoping that we have world peace and all these goals are accomplished by 2030. So we're entering in 2020, the decade of action. Now, if you've been listening to Mitchell, you are hearing the simple actions that he is putting forward. One of the first one, which word I'm sure he was thinking about was the word gratitude. He wakes up in the morning in this peaceful gratitude for the plants and the dishes and the people who come into his life or maybe breakfast on the table. Peace sometimes exactly. begins with just being grateful that you have a breath, that your breathing is there, that your eyes can see, that your heart can focus. And then you do the rest. But that gratitude, I'm, I'm listening to him talk about compassion. I'm listening to him about cooperation. Not, I mean, he has just said a litany of, we should have a dictionary of words that have come out of Mitchell's mouth today. <laughs> because each word could take us into a realm of joy. There's, I remember when I was a little girl, the nun said to me, and when you die, God's going to say, how much joy did you experience? I never expected that to come out of a nun's mouth. But she said, when you're happy and you're working for God and you're working for the world, joy will be the result. And so I've always remembered that. And you bring me so much joy by Beautiful. being here, Mitchell. Do you know, Barbara, it should also be, thank you, my dear. It should also be acknowledged that today is Rosh Hashanah also. Well, yes. part of it the Jewish New Year, and part of the Jewish mitzvot, they're called, the obligations of a man or woman to God is, one of them is to be happy. It is God's edict that yes. we be happy. And, and that, that means, of Robert. course, to make each other happy. Robert always said, decide to be happy. And he wrote that poem, robertmuller.org, has all of his poetry. And we lived in a humble cabin on Mount Rasur in Costa Rica. And you were there visiting us at, at a, one of the sure parties was. on the radio for peace. And we were happy in this simple little cabin because we were together with love exactly. and joy. And I get now we're in Rosh Hashanah, meaning we have a time to make some dreams. We're supposed to have a 10-day period where we have our dreams very specifically outlined. And then in 10 days, we're supposed to see that. One of my dreams is that we have peace on planet Earth. Just I love it. Bring that dream. And that's why I work so hard for the Rotary E-Club of World Peace, where we have a speaker each week about peace. And then today I get to interview Mitchell Raven. Mitchell, if people wanted to know more about you, what website should we ask them to go to? I want to make one more point before Please. we sign off, if you don't mind, Barbara, which Barbara. is that part of making peace is also dealing with the causes of global warming, and the accumulation of greenhouse gases because that is an assault on mother nature it's anthropogenic which means man-made man-generated now climate change is something that happens automatically you don't have to do anything but when we as hubristic human beings step in and exploit mother earth and do things that are unconscious and not thought through and harm her we can't be at peace we need to make peace with mother nature truly 
And uh, the way we do that is by being mindful of the way we use things, the way we consume our entire relationship to the material world, as well as the spiritual, i.e. be conscious. And you brought up a phrase that I use oftentimes called conscious capitalism. And just to throw in one more word that we use capital, we use money to serve the good, not just to acquire more things, but to actually use it as energy, as life force to change the way things are, reduce our carbon footprint and make peace with mother earth. And that way we will really be at peace. That is so beautiful, Mitchell. Thank you for saying that, because I truly believe that if we don't make peace with nature, we're not going to survive. And I know we need to there make peace with nature. Robert always said, um, this is his formula. Now, what do you think I should do, Robert? I would say, he'd say, well, every time you take a styrofoam cup, think if 1 billion people used a styrofoam cup, what would our planet become? A planet of styrofoam cups. There's not enough ways to get rid of the styrofoam and the plastic. So he would always say, whenever you're doing something, just imagine one billion, six billion, now seven billion, eight billion people doing the same thing. And then you begin to realize, reuse, reuse, coordinate, and give it away to somebody who needs it if you're not using it. Our planet is now becoming really important in the evolution of our world, period. If we don't take care of it, we're not going to be here. Mitchell, I'm going to go back to all the things that I want to thank you for. I want to thank you for bringing our awareness up to so many different topics. And I want to say one more thing, Mitchell. We want to know about your radio shows, your TV shows, where to go and find out more about you. How can we do that? Okay. One can go, an interested person, can go to www.abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.net, because we also do what we call inspiring media promotions. And that's one of the revenue streams we have for a better world to keep us sustained on the air for all these years. So we do special events and uh, programs and promotions for people who write books, who do concerts, who do films and like and you can go to Mitchell Rabin my name Mitchell Rabin m-i-t-c-h-e-l-l-r-a-b as in boy i-n.com that site is still being tweaked right now so if you go you may not get there right away but try again it's under construction but a better world.tv is open listen to the radio podcast they've been accumulating since oh 2006 and their tv shows on youtube a better world tv is the channel since 1993 it's amazing because i the first time i met you was in costa rica and then later on when we were in new york at the united nations robert was able to be interviewed on your better world tv that's right he was so honored it was so beautiful and every once in a while you bring it back and anytime you want to bring it back as we celebrate his 10th ascension into heaven. You, you know, yes. And I'm so glad you reminded me of that, Barbara, because I am going to put it on the schedule and I will let you and you can let your viewers know yes. and listeners yes. so yes. they can tune in online from anywhere. 
We're listening to Mitchell Rabin. Mitchell Rabin is one of my favorite people on the planet because he doesn't just keep the secrets of peace in his heart. He keeps them in the world and keeps refreshing them with his TV show, with his podcast, with his YouTube channel. So I want to thank you, Mitchell, one more time for being my guest today. Oh, such a delight, Barbara. Thank you for having me. And I'll come back anytime to be with you. When you are listening to Mitchell, I know you feel his inspiration. But I want you to share it. I want you to find somebody who also agrees that the world would be better off with peace. The world would be better off if we carry the peace with us. And the world would be better off if we practice being kind to nature and empathetic to our friends. And being that vision that people need today for peace. Mitchell Rabin has given us so much. And I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and I want to thank you. You know, each week when you join us for our peacepodcast.org, I get inspired by the emails that I get from you. Thank you. And I want to thank you again, Mitchell. You were an outstanding, inspirational speaker and guest today. Thank you so much, my dear Barbara. Right. Pleasure, my me. pleasure. To be continued. To be continued. You're, right. You're watching peacepodcast.org for better health, happiness, and the almighty peace. And we can do it together. Thank you.